What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. I'm Sam Allen, joined here with Matt McFeely, and a special guest we'll get into later on in the episode. Matt, what's going on? Big weekend of sports, uh, big Monday, Tuesday, big start to the week in sports. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I, to- I told you last episode I wanted you to hit me with a better open, and you you didn't put in any any effort. Look, I'm too. There's there's too much to talk about today. I don't enough with this this st- uh, the energy stuff. The energy there needs to be good energy in Brooklyn because there is a lot of bad energy in Brooklyn, and we must start there because that's how podcasting and radio and all the entertainment business is. Start with the negatives, the nets, and now you can get into. Where do you want to start with the Nets? Do you want to start with the fact that they fired a head coach that was never given a fair shot? Do you want to start with their uh, star point guard who is sharing anti-Semitic tweets? Or do you want to start with their owner who hasn't said a word negatively about it? You you can dictate that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we, we could start with uh, the first domino to fall here, which is probably going to be one of many in Steve Nash. And last episode, we, we asked the question, like, how many more losses – until until he's gone and you know for for whatever reason it happened it happened um they didn't seem to get a boost from it last night not but at I'm, all I, I i don't know and and now on top of everything else in brooklyn just the idea that the probable hire is going to be a guy that's suspended this season it's just they're, they're just it's comedy yeah and it's it's almost like uh you know i've all I've, i'm sure you can attest to this but all you've heard the last 24 hours is nets 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 we haven't heard the Nets been spoken about this much, maybe ever, maybe since they got KD and Kyrie. But they're, they're an embarrassment, to be quite honest. And uh, it starts with six days ago, Kyrie Irving shares a, uh, I guess it was a video link uh, to something containing anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric and things that are uh, preached by anti-Semitic groups and whatnot. We're not, this is not a political show. But what I will say is, If you're a fan of the Nets, right, and again, we're not getting into politics. If you take anything I say the wrong way, you're the problem. So what I want to say is if you're the Nets, how do you let this slide? Look, and I'm all for free speech. I'm all for, uh, you know, say what's on your mind. Don't let, you know, just because you have a platform doesn't necessarily – like mean that everyone has to agree with what you're 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 preaching but when you're you're sharing such uh i guess harmful and potentially harmful things such as anti-semitic you know rhetoric how does how does your organization not come out and say you know do anything so even just have them step away from the team yeah well it's because in brooklyn and we all know this the the prisoners run the asylum over there yeah and and so there's there's no one to tell them what to do. And it's funny that we always like used to draw the uh, the yay and Kyrie comparisons, and now it's just completely full circle. But um, no, yeah, I mean no no one's going to speak out against Kyrie Irving. It's just going to be they're just going to be here until they're not here anymore, and they're going to do say whatever they want. And there's so That's many since they got here. There's so you're right, and there's so many angles we could take on this. One one being that who do you think is the happiest guy right now? Because I would say Steve Nash. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, who do you think is that the happiest at the Nets right now, or in that this situation? And I would say it's Steve Nash because he got yeah. out of there. Yeah, Steve. Steve Nash, one A. James Harden, one B. Yeah, that's true. People aren't saying that because you know you could say what you want about the 76ers and their problems, whatever. 
But hey, Harden got out of there. Uh, I mean, but even like Kevin Durant wanted out of there, which is crazy. He literally said the owner, this is a crazy way to spin it. The owner is like not reprimanding the team when the team didn't even want him to be the owner. Like KD and Kyrie literally didn't want him or Nash at all. And they, yeah. they, now they're, they're not even gonna like, it's like, it's like KD and Kyrie punched them and now they have the, the free shot here to punch them back. And they're not taking it. Yeah, if there weren't all these extracurricular issues with the Nets, I, there would be a, there would be a way to spin it positively and say, you know what, Kevin Durant's still one of the best players on the planet, and he and he showed you last night. Kyrie Irving disappeared last night, but it, they just they have so many issues, and it's obvious that they both still don't want to be there. It's not like they had a change of heart. They just it, it was their only option. So here they are, and uh, what do they have? Two wins on the year. Yeah, they. I believe they're two and six. Yep, two and six after losing one hundred eight ninety nine to the Bulls last night. Um, and I mean, like, I just can't get past the fact that think about Steve Nash, right? And and one thing he always said was, "I just want to coach basketball." Like that was his thing. I he just at the, he takes a head coach of a basketball team's job to coach basketball. It's not that it's not that hard. And what was the only thing he wasn't able to do this entire time? just coach basketball. He never got a fair shot. Like talk about all these people that you say, you know, you do people say, Oh, the jets, Sam Darnold never got a fair shot with the jets. This person never got a fair shot here. Steve Nash might be the poster boy for this. Cause he, it was always basketball. Basketball was always second, third, even fourth as so, up to this week. Yeah. I mean, most of his job was just answering for whatever thing Kyrie or Kevin Durant happened to say the night before or that, not that was say most of his job or yes. not say I mean and even more embarrassing was in the press conference yesterday they he says yeah Kyrie's not going to speak to media for this week not like even like that's like is that so weak I thought like that it, it's such a bad look aren't you so all about isn't talking about Kyrie isn't he all about platform and utilizing your platform which hey I don't, I don't know if I speak for all of us, but I'm an advocate of. I think if you have a platform as big as LeBron James and as big as, you know, the superstars in any sport, use your platform. But use it for things that are not harmful. Yeah, There's, there's yeah, a line I mean, that needs to be drawn there. And you can't just defend your any take you have and saying, I'm just using my platform. Isn't this what you want? That That's not that's not how the world works. Yeah, I, 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 like, but just back to your point, I mean – if you're not going to condemn the guy, and then you're also going to hide him and not make him available, it's just – it's such a bad update. It really is. They, they run – the owner, the head coach, everyone in the front office might as well be named either Kevin or Kyrie because that's who yeah. runs the team. That's it. Everyone takes a backseat. It's even the owner. And it was like at a point, even myself, right, I'm not a Net fan. I'm admittedly a Nick fan. I, I think we all are. But, I mean, there might be Net fans that are Nick fans now, but – uh, it's just so they're the laughing stock of the league. And I, I was listening to one of these talking heads this morning and someone said, now I guess getting into the email Doka stuff. If you're an African-American Jewish woman working for the nets, how do you feel today? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. How do you I, feel? Honestly, I hadn't even thought about that, but, but, but to, to be fair, this, uh, this Udoka, it's not, um, this isn't like a, a harassment thing we're talking about. This is just uh, an inappropriate relationship in the workspace kind of thing. So 
you know, I'll, I'll give them a break there, I guess. Well, the the one thing I, I heard, and I guess it's like the only way the Nets could possibly be looking at this, and again, there's no defense of Ime Odoka. If I was running an organization, I would want nothing to do with anyone that does even a fraction of the things that Ime Odoka may have done or is even accused of doing. But it, it, how do you, if you're the Nets, you almost jumped on this opportunity to get someone that in normal circumstances the Nets would not have been able to hire Ime Odoka. He would have, A, been with the Celtics or not have taken such a terrible job that the Nets jo- coaching job is, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the Nets the Nets saw this as, look, we already have this shit going on. We already have that shit going on. So let's add some more shit to the fire, and we might as well triple down on ourselves being just a laughingstock organization and hire Ime Odoka, which, again, not official – they said in the yeah. press conference it wasn't official either. But hey, look, if it comes out tomorrow, no one's going to hear from the guy for another you know year until something something worse happens. So it's not like he right. has to care. So, so that's the thing. I guess that that hire, that potential hire, like you said, not official. I guess that is a uh, moving on from KD and Kyrie because we're not expecting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to be here next season, right? I so don't even know if the end of the saying, year they'll be here. Right. So is that just the net saying like, all right, let's get ourselves a real head coach over here. And, uh, you know, and, and then that's, I guess, the, the first move they'll make into trying to become a formidable organization again. Well, let me let me look at it from a different point of view, which I, I don't I think both of that. What, I, what I'm about to say and what you just said could both be true at the same time. But I think they're crazy enough to think that they're going to be able to salvage this season because of guys like KD and Kyrie or. If we really believe that KD and Kyrie are running this team, what's been the one problem for the Nets this year? They don't play a lick of defense. Ime Odoka no. is a defensive-minded coach. They probably said, hey, if we need some more defense, let's get a defensive-minded guy up in here, and we're going to win this. We're going to be better. And they're crazy enough to believe that they're going to be able to salvage this, which, hey, if I could if I could short a finals bet, I would take I would take the Nets not to win. <laughs> yeah. At whatever yeah, odds. Well. Give me whatever odds because – I, I don't believe Kyrie will be on this team at the end of the year. Kyrie might not even be the league at the end of the year. And <laughs> I truly I'm yeah. starting to believe that Kevin Durant might not be on this team at the end of the year if if things you know, if everything falls in a certain place. So the Nets are are a laughing stock and we, we go into this go looking into from, from the offseason, I feel like Net fans had kind of good hopes for this year going into the season. Everyone was healthy. Simmons is come Simmons is now healthy and you can finally see your vision come to life and now you're here 2 weeks into the yeah. season. And Simmons by the way doesn't play again last night and uh, a game where you really need a defense because Zach Levine turns into, you know, prime wilt in the fourth quarter and just absolutely steals the game from the Nets because like you said they don't play a lick of defense. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just terrible over there and where where we should be we should really be I don't want to say celebrating the Nets, but there was a way where if the Knicks, the Knicks stayed, were consistent to what they're doing now, and the Nets were good, like we were, they were supposed to be, and didn't have all this off-court stuff, we get to be good times for New York basketball. But now, it's everything's over, being has a cloud over it because of the Nets, and it's just terrible for terrible for basketball. Yeah, there's no a better way to put it. So, um, again, the Knicks, there's not much really to say about them. 
Uh, I have to. I still haven't looked at their schedule off the top of my head, but well, well, b- big game tonight, and you would think the Garden's going to be electric with uh, our dear friend Trey Young uh, coming back. For oh, another that's visit there. tonight. I thought I didn't know if that was tonight or tomorrow night. Wow. Okay, so big game. There, that's yeah. kind of their inherent rival tonight. Uh, and let Jalen Brunson now is a is a good matchup to go against guys like Trey Young and Dejounte Murray on the Hawks. Let's see a good game. Well, now I'm excited for that. I'm going to be tuned into that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was wondering what to watch tonight. I forgot the Knicks were even on. So, yeah. um, with all, again, so, like with all the Nets stuff, I can't even focus on the Knicks, which I want to yeah. be. And I'm not even a Net fan. So, it's just detrimental to basketball. And I think that was just a pure example of it in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we happened to be together on Sunday during uh, a lot of the football action. Uh, perhaps um, a couple drinks in. Were you able to go back? Speak for yourself and uh, and look at any of the uh, any of the jet tape, any of the giant tape, any of the headlines, any of the storylines. Are, are you are you ready to talk football or no? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm a big uh, big Zach Wilson every throw from this weekend guy on YouTube and, <laughs> and right, Daniel man. Jones. All right, let's let's get into it then. So swing over to NFL now. Here we are where both the New York teams just totally lost. And this is what I guess we thought we were going to see going into this year. I mean, really, it was – this is the, these are two games that the Jets and the Giants normally lose. And uh, I don't know. I guess – how do you feel about – how do you feel about, I guess, just overall New York football? How do you feel about – the perception of New York football as a whole following this week versus where it was prior. That's my first question of the day. Well, I think that the perception changed more so for the Jets than the Giants, and especially with uh, questions surrounding Zach Wilson, which I do want to talk a lot lot about. Um, But we do have a a guest today, our our dear friend, uh, Mr. Robert Wonder, uh, Jet super fan. Uh, he goes to he goes to almost every home game, and he happened to be there this Sunday. And he, just like I, had um, extreme doubts that the Jets were going to be able to win that game. And um, I, I wanted to ask him why and, and how he feels about the Jets moving forward. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah. First, I want to say I have a huge bone to pick with Sam because I didn't watch the podcast. I didn't listen to the podcast until yesterday, and he had the gall to come on and say this is a game that he could not see the Jets losing at all. Yeah. Uh, about 24 hours removed from the news that their two best offensive players in the past decade were then out for the season. So I want to say I want to know a little bit behind that thought process before we get. Yeah, into I do too. What actually, I, I was waiting to grill Sam about this game. Okay. Let me first say that my stance was if I, I what I'm looking for the Jets to do and what they should do is stick to what they were doing. And I said, so long as they stuck to what they were doing to get to where they were, they would win the game. And what did? They, what can we all agree the Jets did not do this week? Stick to their game plan. They, established, they didn't establish the run. They came out throwing. And look, Zach, I'm not going to sit here and defend Zach Wilson whatsoever. Again, we, we spoke in the pre-show. I'm the biggest. I know we were out 
this week watching the game, so I wasn't totally locked in like I was, like I usually am. But I'm a big watch every throw on YouTube kind of guy. I watch every Zach Wilson throw, and there's no excuse for some of the throws he was making. So that's that's how I'll defend myself there. Yeah, and you know, like after the game, all you hear is everyone saying, "Like, well, listen, keep it simple. Let let's stop with all this, all this escaping. Let's get to a more." But it's it's kind of like all the great quarterbacks possess that ability that Zach Wilson does have. But it's like you watch games like the Denver one. I watched some throws from that game where he'll evade a pressure, and there's Corey Davis wide open, twenty yards down the field, and he's got uh, ten yards of space to make a throw. But then he tries to make someone else miss, and then that's where the turnovers happen and forcing throws. And I, I do still think he has it in him. Like, I think it's there. I just – he just does some things, man. And there were some throws, even short throws from Sunday that just, like, make you scratch your head. Well, that was a big thing in his rookie season. He couldn't hit any check downs. He couldn't yeah. hit anything short. And it was all looking for the big play. Well, That was what hindered him at the beginning of last year. And then he cleaned it up after the injury. But well, to that, I, that that's where I was going to go next with this because I, you guys probably see all these people. You know, Wilson might not be the guy. Zach might not, might not be it. We might need to go. Let's throw in Mike White. Sure, I don't. I don't see it because to me, what you just said, Bobby, is a hundred percent correct. In that he's still missing some of these checkdowns and he's still not making the smart play. Sometimes that he doesn't. You need to learn that sometimes the smart play is no play at all. And that's a huge thing for quarterbacks to learn because they come from colleges where they're told, go make a play. You know, when you have like a a dominant team or a great college team with a great defense and you just want to go put as much numbers and and score as many points as you want, you can do that. But in the NFL, sometimes just throwing the ball out of bounds and nothing happening is much better than any alternative. So what I'd say is, Bobby, like you said about the checkdowns, I think that stuff like that is very fixable. Whereas guys like Darnold, who I was critical of prior Jet regimes, I thought he couldn't read a defense to save his life. And I think that is a lot less fixable than the problems that Zach Wilson has. And that's kind of where I'm at. What do you guys say to people that might be panicking about Zach Wilson not being the guy? Yeah, Bobby, as someone that's as locked in as you are, like, where is your... Your Zach Wilson, I don't want to say confidence meter because obviously that can't be very high, but just your your hope meter. Like, is is this? Because everyone likes to have the, the take after a devastating loss like that, which they very well could have won. Uh, you could probably blame Zach Wilson for the loss. So moving forward with this quarterback, and this week's going to be another loss, which makes it even tougher to lose that game to New England. How do you feel about Zach Wilson moving forward? Uh, well, moving forward. I'm not as hopeful as many other people. I'm kind of like, I don't want to be that woe is me Jets fan, that Joe Beningo-esque type. <laughs> but I think you have to look at the whole body of work over these that past four-game winning streak and the loss. I don't think he played particularly well outside of the fourth quarter against the Steelers. I can't point to one stretch of any game that he played particularly well besides that. The Packer game, he didn't look good. Broncos, you, you can say that they have a top-flight defense. But... I really can't point I mean, towards any stretch where he played exceptional yeah, football this year. Outside of maybe the Miami fourth quarter, but that was just Miami coughing it yeah, up and just yeah, giving they, you. They yeah. were up big, and then he had a cushion. Sure, but look at much to do but there. look at their record, right? Like they don't necessarily. I think a big misnomer in football is that you need a great quarterback to win regular season games. You don't. You need a great quarterback to win playoff games. Sure, but you don't need Zach Wilson to be great 
to win regular season games yet. So I think the because what was the big thing this week or I guess these past couple of days where oh my god the Jet defense is so ahead of the Jet offense, which might be true, but like it's look, very much true. Let's it's very it, it I I agree it's probably it probably is true, but if if the Jets are going to look at themselves in the mirror and say like look we got the Bills in our division. The Dolphins just made a huge move to bolster their defense. We're not we're not doing anything this year. Let's just see let's just see steps. Let's not hope for let's not ever go into a game where we're gonna say, Well, we need Zach Wilson to be the guy yet. Like, let's I wanna see it, right? Like I wanna see it happen, but I don't want to necessarily put it on him yet. Like I don't I don't want him to put him in that position yet. Because I don't think they need I, to. I understand what you're saying, Sam, but He's the number two overall pick from his draft class. And you look at all the other young quarterbacks that come in the league, you know they're the guy now. It's not a wait-and-see kind of thing. Well, you're right. The only one that waited and saw was Mahomes, you're, but that was only a year, too. You're right, but take off. Josh Allen. Take Josh out, Allen, you have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, but that's an extreme outlier, I feel like. I, I, would sure. ag- I agree, Bobby. But take out the number one, the best uh, running back, and I guess the number two receiver, or your, their third down guy from any offense in the league, and what do you get? You get the Packers. You get the Packers. Yeah. You get all these bad teams, or you know, you take away a guy like uh, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen from from Minnesota, and what do you have? Now, I'm not saying that Brees Hall and Elijah Moore are, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, but it's the same kind of concept. Adam Thielen's their go-to third-down guy, and Dalvin Cook is their workhorse running back. You take that away from Minnesota, I bet your Kirk Cousins wouldn't do good. Well, yeah, you can say that. You like you said, you can say that about anyone. And the Elijah Moore thing, I don't think is going to get better before. Yeah, quite frankly, the I was surprised the they didn't move him. Yeah, real, real quick, I want to, I want to, I want to real quick, I want to fill in. So after the game, uh, Elijah Moore is asked, uh, "So where's yeah. your chemistry at with Zach Wilson? How's that?" And he says, "He says, I don't know. I don't even get the ball." And yeah. like, I as, as much that. as I killed, as much as I killed Elijah Moore, how do you? Drop back forty-one times and and not throw it to a guy like Elijah Moore. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you guys said that you weren't uh, you were uh, under the influence during the game. <laughs> Elijah Moore only played like thirteen snaps, so yeah. like I feel like during the week he may have uh, expressed being upset about playing outside because he's more he makes his money in the slot, which. Garrett Wilson kind of bumped him outside at the beginning of the season, and you can tell by the way they treat Garrett Wilson that I think that they value him more than Elijah Moore. Easily. They put him in that spot. So, I don't know. I have Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims getting snaps on the outside now instead of Elijah Moore. So, and wasn't isn't Corey Davis still hurt too? Didn't he? Corey Davis is hurt. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's big. Week. That's an out there outside receiver. But also, too, could it be as simple as – Maybe the Jets just kind of were playing him a quarter of the time in the hopes that they could trade him. Someone called uh, and said, "Hey, what do you want for him?" and they offered something good. Is that a possibility? I, if they, they were, were that, they were I feel stout. like they would just not dress him. Yeah, they were pretty stout about not wanting to trade. Yeah, but that's a hard yeah. cover up if Corey Davis is hurt and and you don't have Elijah Moore playing after all week you said, "Oh, yeah, he'll be active this week." When then what do you say? They surprisingly healthy and active him. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm not saying that's the case. I it's it could be a mix of everything we're saying, but um, so so let's get let's. I know we're gonna have a preview one about it, but what is your initial feeling about this Buffalo game? It's gonna be so bad, man. I actually think it could be similar to the way the Packers played them this past week, where the game was never really in doubt, but the Packers actually 
as an offense, they had probably had one of their better games of the season, at yeah. least over this past five-week stretch. So if you see a le- at least a little bit of Zach being able to hang in there with Buffalo and at least a little bit of the defense not breaking down completely, I think – I hate moral victories. I'm not one for one of those, but this could be a big moral victory game for the Jets, I feel. I'm a, I'm a big moral victory guy. I, I think this – if you can hang with the, with the Bills here and just don't get embarrassed, right? You know, just – don't go out there and lose thirty-one to seven, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I'm cool with twenty-one to thirty to thirty-one. You know, go within, yeah. stay within ten points. If this can be a one-possession game, how do you not chalk that up as a, a victory? <laughs> really, like, yeah. like that. This they're embarrassing teams. The Bills. Don't you guys feel like the Jets should have uh, tried to bring in an offensive lineman at the deadline there? Because like, it, it, it's not going to get any easier for Zach Wilson if you can't protect. And that's the biggest issue the Jets have is protection. Well, help should be on the way because George Fant's coming back. Max Mitchell's coming back. They have the bye week after this week. So hopefully that gets better. But the Patriot game, I feel, was a very big swing in their season because instead of 6-2, and two, now you're 5-3 and three with the Bills coming into town. Oh yeah. Then off the bye, you have the Patriots, the Vikings, and the Bills again. So we can kind of see this tailspin. Yeah, that, that second Patriot game is going to be huge for any hope, right? Yeah. It's uh. Any hope at like really anything? I mean, would I be stunned if they the Vikings are really good, but they're not as good as the Bills? Could I would I be stunned if the Viking they could upset the Vikings? Not totally, but like as of right now, it's a one o'clock game, so not looking good for the Jets. Changing. Oh yeah, is it in in Minnesota? In Minnesota, uh, uh, yeah, that's that would be an uphill that's an uphill battle for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, they look they got a this was a huge loss. I think every Jet fan can agree with that, regardless of what the reasoning is, but now this just makes the next three games even bigger and you're going to slowly snowball going forward. So Bobby, you're right that the, the bye week and get them getting guys healthy probably deterred them from making any moves at the deadline. Um, Bobby, let me ask you this, even though I know the answer to it, are you going to be at MetLife to watch the Jets bills? hundred percent. Nice. That when are, when are they just going to give you the fireman out already? <laughs> fireman Bob, uh, I should really inquire about that. I'll see if I can get in touch with anyone down there. That might have to be your podcast name, just Fireman Bob. Fireman Bob? Yeah, that's good. Like, whenever we intro you now, we're going to have to get a Fireman Bob song, I think. (laughs) The siren? Yeah, just the siren. Yeah, nice. There's got to be a siren on here. Um, All right, so going from one team that. Thank you, by the way, Bobby. Yeah, do you you want to hang around for Jets? I mean, Giants? Hang around around for football. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm going to transition it with uh, one team that made no moves to another team that made no moves. Um, so going from Tony. so going from one team that lost and then made no moves at the deadline to the other New York team that also lost and made no splashes, no moves at all. The New York Giants, who lose to the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, 27 to 13, kind of their first real stinker of the year. I didn't really like anything I saw from this game. Yeah, don't you kind of want to like reassess what you said about Seattle about how they have to look themselves? I in was going to say, say the same I mean, thing. really, because like they are at this point. I mean, there's no looking back. You, you, your goal is the playoffs. But like again, I, I just think that when the dust settles, are you going to be stunned if the Seahawks are fourth in the division? Would you be stunned if the Seahawks are fourth in that division at the end of the year? Uh. Based on the way the Cardinals are playing right now, I would be very surprised because they're really banged up to begin with right now, and I don't, I don't know if they have. I I love what the Seahawks did. I think this draft class was probably the best since 
probably the Saints when they got Alvin Kamara and all those guys in that single draft. I think Tariq Woolen is pr- playing at like top ten corner. Um, Kenneth Walker's legit. Just they got two starting tackles in the same draft, and they already had a guy know. like DK who was just has turned into an absolute monster. He's an elite yeah. wide receiver in the NFL already. There, Tyler Lockett. They have they have guys over there, right? They're they, their offense is is a good offense. Will Disley's even having a decent season. Um, b- I'm not ready to call the Geno thing a real thing yet, but I I guess we have to give it a little bit of a. I'm not there. Like I'm not nod. there yet either. But look, like yeah. I, I'll, so this I'll just became a Seattle Seahawks podcast. Yeah, I'll, uh, all our big Seattle listeners are are hyped right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Geno could be good. Like, why not? Maybe again, maybe another guy that the Jets kind of screwed over. <laughs> eventually in his career where this is just going to take his second leg of his career to pan out. But um, I think I, I think I like the, what is it? Is it the Donald Greca take that all these quarterbacks are probably good. And it's just, it's just up to you as an organization to Some more than others. Um, yeah. I'm kind of in the middle there because I think there's guys that in the league that stink regardless of the coach. I, agree. I think it's hard to, it's hard to be like pitiful with a good coaching staff, but you can be bad with a good coaching staff. Like I think the Jaguars have a m- good coaching staff. I just think Trevor Lawrence is pitiful. And l- I disagree with that. Uh, okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, or a little early. He doesn't look, he doesn't um, look that bad. Um, we'll we'll wait for the the Jaguars uh, special edition podcast. But yeah, let's get yeah. to the Giants <laughs> because uh, Daniel Jones, seventeen of thirty-one for one hundred and seventy-six yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked five times by the Seattle defense that no one was really that scared of coming into the year um, and still isn't isn't that scary of a defense, was deemed as a decent matchup for the Giants. Uh, Barkley, 20 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown, and a bunch of nothing in the receiving column. I don't even know who the second leading receiver is. Yeah, uh, I don't think that I don't think that this game feels like a turning point as much as the, as the Jet game did. Uh, I think the Giants will be fine. Like we like we say all the time, it, it's a really tough place to play, and uh, you know they were going to lose a game eventually. So I, I don't think that this changes my opinion on the Giants. What about what about you guys? I don't think it changes my opinion, but I do think that the lack of weapons will is catching up to the Giants on the outside, especially now Tony's not even in town. Um. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious what you guys think. What do you do with Barkley at this point? Like he's kind of carrying your team. Are you going to have to extend him and Jones at the end of the season? Or? Well, they're they're going to have to franchise Barkley, which I think is going to be a little south of thirteen million dollars, which feels like a steal for for a player like that. Yeah, of beyond course. that year, I don't know. I mean, you definitely beyond next season, you can't extend him because like they're it's in a just, weird spot the way that team is built. Yeah, like I the think there's player. no foundation, but they're playing well. Well, I think my my take on Jones has been that they're at a mutual interest right now. So with they're they're both trying to just be they're both trying to be good for different reasons, right? So Jones trying to be good for himself to earn a check and earn another job, and the Giants are just trying to be good as the nature of the business. But what I will say is, would it be so stunning to see the Giants let Jones walk and then approach it like almost like the Titans do, where Tannehill's like a whatever quarterback? But they have a monster running back. They they dominate the ground game. They have a great defense, own time possession, and look, they don't have any good receivers either. But the Titans are probably going to be a playoff team, right? Yeah. Like, could you see? They'll win the division. Yeah. I mean, could you see them, the Giants, approaching this like that, where 
they, like we said earlier about, about the Jets even, or about Zach Wilson, where you don't need him to be great to win regular season games. Could you see the Giants taking that approach and saying, let's commit to Barkley and let's just be a ground and pound, good defense team? Yeah, uh, t- to Bobby's point a second ago when he said the Giants have no foundation, I don't disagree. I mean, listen, they, they don't have a number one receiver. They, they don't, they're not sure about their quarterback. I, I get all that, but I, I would argue that Brian Dable is, is the bottom of the foundation there. No doubt, and Joe Shane. Both of them are, were a home run. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you guys want to get into next? I don't really have anything else know. to say about this game, to be honest. This game was yeah, – like, no. I, don't, I don't really care much. Like, I don't – my opinion doesn't shift on either of these teams that much. Maybe you have to respect Seattle a little bit more. But, yeah. um, I, like, the Giants – looking forward for the Giants. They should win at home against the Texans. Um, and then they should win at home against the Lions. So, could the Giants be 8-2? and two? <laughs> Yeah, they could be. Yeah. Very, very possible. Um and which is crazy, yep. eight and two, you're you're in the playoffs at that point, kind of guaranteed. Yeah, unless yeah. unless like, you know historical collapse. Which let's not put it past this town, right? I mean, these we're kind of on our high horse right now, but you know, just like we saw with the Yankees, the Yankees were the Yankees were pretty much six and two at one point in the year and ended up finishing, you know, nine and eight. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to tell me and Bobby that, buddy. We I, we made that trip to Buffalo. Uh, oh yeah, in 2015. <laughs> so you guys, Lived so it. you guys know firsthand. But look, I think if you're a fan of either the Jets or the Giants, you still need to look back and say we're we're ahead of our curve. I guess we're we're yeah, ahead of where sure. we all thought we were going to be. Um, let's take a deep breath. I think that as for the Jets, it was an uphill battle to win this game. Many people's eyes, maybe not myself. And then same thing for the Giants. I feel like a lot of the talk was, mm, this is kind of a tough matchup for the Giants. So, look, it was chalk. Let's just chalk it up to that. How about that? Right? Yeah. So. How many, uh, how many more uh, sniff of the weeks do we, do, we, do we give you until, you until we have to retire it? Wait, what was your sniff last week? The Packers. Packers. Wait, but hold Packers on. Hold on. Line. I only – just for full disclosure, right, I only give the I, – I do multiple sniffs every week, usually between like two and three. I am ten. <laughs> I am ten and eleven on the year on my sniffs. If you bet a hundred dollars in every one of my picks, you'd be up five hundred dollars on the year. So I think I'm pretty good. There's people that bet favorites and don't even go ten and eleven. Well, I don't care about what, I don't care about your finances. I care about you giving the show uh, garbage. Well, it's it's an under. <laughs> you, do you expect me to come on here and say the Packers are going to win this week? I know it. I just no, but my I, whole I thing mean, was I'm going to go out on a whim. Close. Yeah, oh, so you have no real close. conviction. You just no, no. Bandit. I have I yeah. no, no, not necessarily conviction. I have like, well, I could see this game going this way, or I could see this happening, and that's kind of where I I go out on a whim. I take these plus two hundred, plus three hundred money line dogs, and I go out on a whim. If we want to keep keep tabs on my my record going forward, let's do it. Maybe I'll start taking plus one fifties and make it more impressive. Yeah, the only receipts. time I took one of your bets, I think. <laughs> The only time I took one of the bets from the podcast was a uh, Bengals, not Bengals, Falcons plus the points against the Bengals, which ruined one of my parlays. So I can thank you for that. No so. problem. Yeah, then a lot of people can thank me for giving them the Packers last weekend. But Bobby, we both thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, looking forward to definitely doing this more because I think yeah. I can speak for Matt and I in that 
we like having our guests on. We just had uh, talk about the Rangers a little bit. We we're gonna have more guests on. You know, our friend Brandon wants to come on talk about the NBA. Um, thank you again. Appreciate yeah, it. Bobby, it was, where's where's the rest of your your sports life at right now? Because I feel like I feel like you don't really care about the Knicks or the Islanders, and certainly not the Mets. Is are you just a, like a zoned in on the NFL kind of guy nowadays? So a couple of years ago, I actually remember you calling me a football guy, and I kind of took that as like <laughs> a a knock. But now I kind of wear that as like a badge of honor. So now like um, I just do NFL like pretty much. And then once once we get to like the postseason for the Knicks and the Islanders, and even if the Mets were like good, I would have been locked in for the postseason. But right right now it's all NFL. All right. All right. Well, Fireman Bob, thank you again. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, please, again, as always, interact with us on all our socials. Uh, we always post interactive polls and whatnot. So thank you for listening. Yep. Have a good one. Be back in a couple days with a, you know a preview and more Knicks, more Nets. We'll see. Peace. Oh, by the way, by the way, the the, the Phillies last night, man. Oh yeah, baseball Ooh. happened. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you guys.